This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, keeping you informed about the happenings in Annapolis and the area. Local news, local sports, local events, local opinion, and of course, local weather. The Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief starts now. Good morning. It's Tuesday, September 11th, 2018. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan has declared a state of emergency in advance of Hurricane Florence. This is a proactive measure to ensure that all the necessary resources are available to us should they be needed. The National Hurricane Center currently projects that Florence, a Category 4 storm, will make landfall in the Carolinas on Thursday, and from there the projection takes the storm's remnants northward. FEMA does recommend that people create an emergency supply kit, which should include one gallon of water per person per day for at least three days, at least three days of non-perishable food, a battery-powered radio, a flashlight, batteries, and a first aid kit. Now, George Young with DMV Weather is all over this hurricane, and he will have more information a little bit later on in this morning daily news brief, as well as any special updates that we do push out throughout the day as it develops. Chase Cook from the Capitol is on the trail of some suspicious spending at Anne Arundel County. Apparently, an employee from the Facilities Management Department resigned way back in May of 2017 after the county investigated what they considered were suspicious purchases on a county-issued credit card. The purchases were flagged after the employee did not provide receipts or documentation for the purchases. And according to the Capitol, among some of the things that he purchased were folding chairs, a generator, carpet cleaner rental, and boat parts. The employee did return some of the items that could have been reused and also repaid the county $4,400 in cash. He did resign before the county disciplined him, although officials do say that he was probably going to be fired. Now, typically the county does communicate with law enforcement about fraud And in this case, they didn't feel they had enough information to prove that the employee actually purchased the items for personal use and no charges were filed. Of course, this will become an election issue because County Executive Steve Shue had fought a bill that was introduced by Councilman Jerry Walker that would allow the county auditor some expanded authority to dig into this type of stuff. Shue's opponent, Stuart Pittman, has already chimed in on his Facebook page, citing that this is something that he would overturn if elected And last night during Annapolis City Council meeting, Mayor Buckley stood for about two hours and 45 minutes of abuse on the bike lane. Not solidly two hours and 45 minutes. If I had to guess, it was probably a three to one against the bike lane. Most of the business owners came down to express their chagrin. We heard from some favorites like Robert Eads, the new owner of O'Brien's. Senate candidate Ron George spoke, who's also a business owner of Ron George Jewelers. Rock Tays, who owns Back Creek Books, spoke very eloquently as well. But perhaps one of the funniest and most entertaining bit of testimony was that of Sven Storm, who is the owner of Storm Brothers Ice Cream, which is not on Main Street. But his time at the podium seemed to really resonate with the crowd. Here, have a listen. He and I have a couple of things in common that the guy that's the bike lobbyist doesn't. He's a 501c3. He's a nonprofit. Mr. Eads and I want to feed our family just like the other people on Main Street. We have that real desire to pay our bills. I've got my next to the youngest daughter in college now. I got uh, six kids all together, um, seven grandchildren, and you can gr- congratulate me. I got number eight and number nine on the way. Now, that's yeah, not my doing, it's the kid. But anyway, 
uh, you know, I, I, there's some things that sneak up on us, don't they? Um, this kind came as quite a shock to a bunch of us. And when I first saw that bike, pa- bike path, I thought to myself, um, you know, that looks like a real safe place to take my grandson and just go right down Main Street. You know, first of all, we'll, we'll ignore the state laws and we'll go against traffic because that's the way my daddy taught me to ride a bike. And I'm sure that that everybody here that's taught their child to ride a bike has been encouraged by that. They, they just, they look at this and then of course we get up ahead of steam as we go down there and we see that little jog in, in the road there and, and I, I was just wondering, uh, since it might affect my businesses a little, is it okay if I have the lawn chair concession for the attorneys at the bottom of the street there? Is it because um, I think maybe it might cost us more than a hundred thousand um, when that first kid takes a header um, with his grandfather? Now you don't have to worry about it being me. I'm I'm pretty old and. And at 63, my kids are worried that I'll break a hip, and I'm not that anxious to go to the home yet. But you know what shocked me is that that I didn't see at the top of the street, I didn't see, like, the bike lane that starts there. So do we... Do we hand them the bikes at the top of the street? Because there's no bike trail that goes there. And then at the bottom of the street, it just kind of ends. So I'm interested, if they get up a good head of steam, do we put like a water slide there and just let them go right out? I mean, I'm, I'm a little concerned about safety here. Um, and you can't imagine my shock. I was heading home from my son's house today, and I was coming from Southgate Circle. And you know, I... For the life of me, I couldn't spot that bike path in front of Tsunami or Lemongrass or the Metropolitan. I just, I didn't see it. And you know, there was a section of that road there that I didn't even see parking meters. And I got to tell you, if we're going to do an experiment, I'd like to do one down there. And we can start with the meters and we can start with the bike path. And you know, I'll bet you anything, I'll bet you anything, Ram's head would be tickled to death not to have that parking out front there. And then we could bring that bike path around the circle safely, and we'd all be happy. And, and I'm, I'm elated. I'm, I'm excited about this. Now, speaking of things not sneaking up on us, you see, I'm, these are my farm boots, and I, I wear them for a couple of reasons. Um, sometimes politicians... Um, I have a farm, and whatever. But this morning I was wearing them because we had water down there. And speaking of something that hasn't snuck up on us, 15 years ago we had Isabel. And you know we had all this wonderful talk about how we're going to address that flooding down here. And we, we have all that. And you know, I didn't have anybody with bikes in front of my store today. I had ducks. <laughs> Now, 43 years ago, I, I broke up combs and gave them to them. I didn't give them ice cream. Two of the ducks were lactose intolerant, and so I didn't want to make it miserable for the rest of them. But when we, we see the bikes down there, and I understand you're trying to do something, and I, I realize that I'm making light of it, but by golly, I don't see those bikes used. And the thing that hasn't snuck up on us When I first opened the store 43 years ago, we would have what happened today twice and what happened yesterday once. We would have that happen once a year. And it was about this time. Now, on our sales sheets, we mark this little thing called 
you know, the weather to, to kind of explain how our business did. And we use a word called barricade. So if the barricade is put up, then we write that down there because it affects our sales. Well, you know, we've written that word about 50 times so far this year. So the bike path, that snuck up on us. But this flooding hasn't. Now this week, we've been told, and I helped at 3 o'clock this morning because here's what I do. I have a camera in front of my store, and I have a camera that shines on the city dock. I'd be glad to share it with the city. Let's figure out how to do it. But I can look at when that flood comes, and I set my alarm every hour. I know if the wind is coming from the east, the southeast, the south, oh, shucks. Oh, bear with me. I, I know, I know that I've got to get down there, or my son Kareem's got to get down there, or my, um, he manages a store. We've got to get this taken care of. We have four different pumps. We've got a board that we put in the door to keep it from flooding, you know, coming in. And the water that comes in through our neighbors, um, we're able to pump out. We're able to stay ahead of. This week, we're facing another potential Isabel. This morning, I helped the the harbor master's assistant set up the barricades down there to keep people from coming through. And I understand that you guys are very concerned, and I'm, I'm glad you're concerned, so are we. Um, last time, we, were, we would have been able to survive it, but the sewer systems failed down there. And it came up through our toilets and through our floor drains and things like that. Now I have plugs. So I think I'll make it. I think I'll survive. But a lot of people won't. We put a lot into our businesses. We care deeply about our community. We help out the community. We love our neighbors. We help one another when the floods come, moving our goods. Um, I'll bring my trailer down and do the best we can. But there are things that we know about, and you'll have to forgive me if I'm not excited about $100,000 being spent on a bike path when we have had plans for years on how to rectify things downtown. So it will continue, and Lord willing, one day there will be enough resolve that will demand that, that things get done, and we'll spend the money wisely, and we will protect the businesses. I thank you for your time. And the other big item on the agenda for the Annapolis City Council last night was the waiver of the fees for the Annapolis Rising Festival back in July. Many aldermen had issues with it, considering that the festival appears to have made money. Considering that the city had raised taxes, most felt that it was not appropriate to be waiving fees to make the donation. However, every single one of them agreed that it was indeed a very worthwhile cause. In the end, Alderwoman Sheila Finlayson suggested just splitting the fees in half and waiving half of them, and ultimately that failed, and she also proposed just postponing this until we can get a more final tally of the funds that the city has spent and how much the festival itself has raised, because several of the aldermen had questions on the accounting that was provided by the Annapolis Rising Limited Liability Corporation and the Annapolis Arts District, who handled it all. Notably, there is $1,737 of outstanding liabilities for expenses to be paid, and there is 
$34,750 worth of sponsorship money that has yet to be collected. So in the end, this can was kicked down the road for at least another month. So we will have to wait yet another month to see whether the city will waive their fees for the Annapolis Rising Festival. Some sad news out of Crownsville. And actually, this is two years in a row where they've had some pretty sad news. The Renaissance Festival's founder, Jules Smith Sr., died at age 88. He died in Minnesota. He was retired. And Smith founded the festival back in 1971 up in Minnesota. He brought it to Maryland in 1977, and in 1985, he brought it to the existing location in Crownsville. Jules Smith Jr. has run the show ever since, and this year the festival opened its season on August 25th and is going to run through October 21st. Of course, that's just weekends. You will remember that last year, much-loved performer Johnny Fox succumbed to cancer, and there was a wonderful moving tribute to him held at Maryland Hall. And in some bittersweet news, our own capital has a couple help-wanted ads looking for two new editors. Um, I suppose this is something that is a necessary evil. It's very sad to think that we need to replace two editors with what went on on June 28th. But the Capitol is seeking a content editor for news, which is a role described as the second-ranking editor in the newsroom. The listing says that the paper is seeking a leader to join the staff, quote, as we rebuild our newsroom. There is a second job listing also posted for an entertainment and lifestyle content editor. And as if anybody could ever forget, the need for these ads was when Jared Ramos stormed into the Capitol newsroom on June 28th and killed Gerald Fishman, Rob Hyassen, John McNamara, Rebecca Ann Smith, and Wendy Winters. That is about it for the top news today. Please make sure you're checking back to ionanapolis.net throughout the day because we do update it throughout the day. You are also going to want to be sure you're following DMV Weather because they're going to have all the updates on Florence that's coming in. We will tweet those out. We will post them to our Facebook page as well. Please make sure you're recommending us to your friends and colleagues because we would certainly appreciate that. And hang tight because we have George Young with DMV Weather. He's coming up right now. It's the Navy Football and Bud Light Golden Ticket Giveaway. Join Ion Annapolis and Navy Football this Saturday from 1230 to 230 for a chance to win VIP Bud Light Golden Tickets to see the Navy Midshipmen take on the Lehigh University Mountain Hawks. Four lucky winners will be selected for the ultimate Bud Light football fan experience. Come on out to Buffalo Wild Wings Saturday from 1230 to 230 for the Bud Light Golden Ticket Party. Bring some friends or make some new ones because it's all about building friendships. Going out? You need the most up-to-date local weather. Here's George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis with today's forecast. Hey everyone, this is George with DMV Weather, and this is your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Tuesday, September 11th. More flooding in downtown Annapolis this morning around City Dock and Compromise Street with high tide right around now, which will bring another day of two feet or more of water rise, much like yesterday morning. And that may have an impact on traffic into the downtown area from Eastport, just like Monday. So keep an eye out if headed that way. As for the weather, the next three days are all essentially highs, low to mid 80s, with a chance of p.m. showers or storms each day through Thursday. And then Annapolis and all of Anne Arundel County may start to see some low-end tropical storm conditions late Thursday night or sometime Friday as major Hurricane Florence progresses onto land. And while we certainly don't know exact track yet, the thought is this, Florence makes landfall somewhere in North Carolina or maybe southeastern Virginia to perhaps as far north as the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay. 
and then comes inland 50 to 100 miles before stalling out and producing torrential rains for two to three, maybe four straight days before a system from the west finally kicks it out to sea. So stay tuned as there remains significant potential of a potentially significant storm for the Annapolis region. Okay, that's it for today. Make it a great day out there, and be sure to follow DMV Weather anywhere all the time at dmvweather.com or on social media via Twitter or Facebook, or especially on our free app that you can download from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store on all of your devices by searching for DCMDVA Weather so you can always stay weather-informed. But remember, whatever the weather outside, have fun and be safe. Suicide prevention starts with everyday heroes like you. Join us Saturday, September 22nd at the Navy Marine Corps Stadium in Annapolis as we walk to fight suicide. It's the 10th annual Annapolis Out of the Darkness Walk. Be a part of the movement turning hope into action. Funds raised will benefit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Register today at AFSP.org slash Annapolis. Together, we can help stop suicide. You've been listening to the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Tell your friends and colleagues this is the podcast where you can keep up on the latest with what's going on in Annapolis. And also tell them about our website, ionanapolis.net, where you can find even more information. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., keeping you informed with the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. And take a moment to listen to our other podcast, The Maryland Crabs, released every Thursday at noon.